Hey guys, welcome back to the Raising a Wildflower podcast. Today I am almost 13 weeks pregnant. I'm 13 weeks tomorrow with Jelly Bean. So for those of you who know pregnancy or who have been pregnant, that means I am almost out of the woods of the first trimester. <gasps> Yay! I'm so happy. So um, the fatigue is still there a little bit, but it's definitely getting better. I have way more energy than I did like three weeks ago. And the nausea is almost gone. I wouldn't say, like, my food aversion is pretty much back to normal-ish, but still craving lots of carbs, still craving cheese, which this is the weirdest thing. So I had to give up dairy when um, Charlotte was four months old at her four-month appointment. Her pediatrician said that dairy is most likely what's what was exacerbating her skin allergy. So she had, like, a really bad skin rash, um, eczema pretty much all over her body when she was little. And at her two-month appointment, they just said, you know, use um, unscented soaps and all that kind of stuff, which we did, and that helped a, a little bit, but not really. And so at her four-month appointment, I was told that I couldn't have dairy anymore. And my, I was thinking, I guess I was thinking like lactose or like extreme dairy. I don't even know. I, I, so I literally was like, okay, so does that mean like I can't have like, like is Greek yogurt okay? Cause I know it's processed differently. What about like the coffee creamer and like whey protein? Is that fine? And he was like, um, no. <laughs> uh, and he said it as nicely as possible, but he gave me this list. Um, cause uh, with eczema, if you are like allergic to dairy, it's not the lactose, it's the actual dairy protein, which means everything that is made from a cow. So that's butter, that's um, obviously all kinds of milk, cheese, yogurt, um, any kind of whey protein, any kind of grass, like anything that has to do with a cow basically, um, besides meat, I couldn't have. Um, and luckily eggs were okay for a while I thought but then we realized that actually eggs were um she was allergic to eggs too and we figured that out after we started giving her food like human food regular food um so I had to cut out eggs for a while too so it was rough and so that was last January that I cut out dairy completely like nothing I mean yeah nothing and then I when I finally weaned Charlie from nursing about a month ago, I decided that I would, well, actually, I didn't decide. I was, I was totally fine with not having dairy. Like, I didn't miss it. It had been so long, and I was completely fine with not having it anymore. Like, it didn't bother me at all, and then I got pregnant, and then for some reason, because this is the same as it was with Charlie, I crave cheese like crazy, and I'm not even, like, I'm not a huge cheese person otherwise, but I, like, all I want, I want macaroni and cheese. Um, Cheetos, jalapeno, like jalapeno Cheetos, Doritos, pizza, uh, I just cheese. I just want cheese. And so that was really frustrating um, to discover when I got pregnant that I like wanted cheese again. Because <laughs> my original plan was just to not really go back to eating dairy because one, my body's so unused to it now that it's painful for me to eat it. Um, I won't go into all the details with that, but I'm sure you can imagine. Um, and then also like Charlotte always wants what I'm eating so I can't 
not share with her when I'm eating food. So it wouldn't make any sense for me to be eating like cheesy pasta and then her ask me to have a bite, which she always does. And then she wouldn't understand. I mean, she doesn't, you know, especially when she's asking please and she's like, I can't say no to her and I'm not gonna, like, I want to be able to share my food, whatever I'm eating. I want her to be able to eat. So that was like my plan was just not really to go back to eating dairy because my daughter can't eat it. And you know, solidarity, but uh, jelly bean had different plans so I've been like trying to eat a teeny bit of dairy here and there um mostly obviously when she's not with me and I had pizza for the first time on Sunday Super Bowl Sunday oh, it was so good it was so good and um I've been taking lactate pills to ease the transition and that was really good so I don't know where I got off on this crazy tangent oh yeah I still crave cheese and carbs that was my whole point is that um, I don't think that goes away with the first trimester. <laughs> Carbs are just my best friend during pregnancy always. Um, but at least with other meats and stuff, I've been better a little bit. I still can't stand the sight of like raw chicken or the smell of like raw chicken or cooking chicken. If I think too much, like if chicken's already cooked for me, I can eat it. But if I think about it too hard, I want to gag. Like even right now, I shouldn't even be talking about it. <gasps> um, anyway. I'm glad that that part is almost over, um, and I think Matt is probably even more glad than me because he <laughs> has had to deal with a lot um, from me this first trimester. So, anyway, at least we know that this little baby will be worth it, and um, yeah, we're just really excited. I'm so excited not only to be done with the first trimester sickness and you know just general awfulness, but also because the second trimester is the best. It's the best. You get to feel baby move for the first time. At 20 weeks, you get to see another ultrasound and the baby looks like a baby as opposed to this cute little gummy bear that is so precious and cute, but is so tiny that you can't really see a whole lot. The 20-week ultrasound, you can like see him or her waving to you and their legs kicking and their little profile and if they're sucking their thumb and they, you know, it's just like so fun. And feeling the baby move for the first time is the greatest feeling ever. Which I am, like, pretty positive that I've been feeling jelly bean move for a few weeks now. Which I know seems absolutely nuts. But I swear, there's, like, a spot to the left, like, on my left side of my abdomen that I keep feeling, like, consistently in that spot. And I've been feeling it since, like, week eight. Which I was like, there's a no possible way. But, you know, I know the difference between gas and, like, not gas. So unless there's something else going on in there, I don't know. But I swear I've been feeling it. But when you can actually feel it like through the outside of the belly and other people can feel it, oh, it's just like the best. You have more energy, you like maybe start to look pregnant, um, you get your little bump because right now I'm definitely bigger than I was with Charlie at this point. Maybe not a lot, but like none of my regular clothes fit me, <laughs> but maternity clothes also don't fit me. So I basically feel like Regina George and Mean Girls wear only sweatpants. Sweatpants are the only thing that fit me right now because maternity clothes look weird because there's just like that empty sack where your belly's supposed to go but also my regular clothes are too tight and yeah it's kind of rough but everything is so worth it um and right now it's currently snowing like crazy after Super Bowl Sunday that day was like 70 degrees here in Denver and then now it's freezing and blizzarding outside it's nuts and it's two days later it's Tuesday so crazy anyway I wanted to originally have my mom on this podcast with me um and my plan was to get her to record a little piece with me either on Sunday or Monday 
but it was just too wild. We had like the whole family over and it was so loud and um, my mom was like hosting the Super Bowl party so she didn't really obviously have a chance to get you know to leave Um, and then she also gets nervous about hearing herself on the podcast so (laughs) I think having my sisters around made it a little bit easier for her but having it just be her she was a little bit scared so I think that was also why but anyway today's podcast is about having a dream or a vision for your baby and especially for for my daughter Um, and I just felt inspired to write this because I think especially in this culture there's such a push for women to be professionals and not moms um, or just put more emphasis on their career than family and I like have great respect for both both things and I think women there's been so many women that are in the workforce that are making a huge difference in the world and their their work and their passion is so needed um so don't get me wrong I I I um I admire so many women who have amazing careers um but I also think uh there's just it it can be hard for a stay-at-home mom to feel like they are they are um living a fulfilled life according to society um and just from my perspective because I do I do a little bit of work here on the side um you know writing for different websites or or whatnot and I do I do love the feeling of making like my own money and earning money it's like I think that everybody enjoys that feeling um but truly and honestly for me I have never I I don't think I would have been able to find a more fulfilling purpose than being a a full-time mom a stay-at-home mom it just is it's the most beautiful thing I've had the privilege to do and I can't imagine just not being with Charlie every day even the days that are really hard and that I'm like exhausted and that I feel like all I do is clean up mess and my house is always messy which is like 100,000% the stage that we're in right now um she's 16 months old and is just like the most energetic human and is into everything I mean just this morning I was telling Matt I texted him and I was like I am losing my mind this morning because I like turn away for one second and she has unrolled an entire roll of toilet paper in the bathroom while I'm trying to brush my teeth and I'm going to like roll the roll of toilet paper up she goes underneath the sink and finds like this little bin of things like love little like miniature face things that I have dumps them all over the ground and I'm like oh my gosh are you kidding me so I'm going to try to clean that up and then she like goes to the laundry basket and starts like pulling out ripping out all of the laundry like all the dirty laundry and spreading it everywhere and then she finds like um Matt had accidentally brought the diaper bag up to our room and it was unzipped and then she goes in there and throws out all her diapers and finds her snacks and like I mean it's just all of this happened in the span of like five minutes and then so I feel like all I do is like clean up these little messes well they're not little, but, like, just the messes that she makes, and then by the time I'm, like, finished cleaning up all the mess, I don't even feel like actually cleaning, like, the dirty, you know, because there's, like, mess, which is, like, things around, and then there's, like, dirty, like, you need a vacuum and sweep, and, like, oh, I don't know, it just all coincided her, like, busy walking stage of really motoring around, like, that happened pretty much right when I got pregnant, and so the fatigue was just, like, I can't keep up with the demand of this child. Um, But I've had to just learn to embrace that and that 
I would much rather have her be full of energy and wild and crazy and be able to move her body and discover things and, you know, I mean, it's beautiful. Although, also, part of me blames Matt because his parents have told me many times that he was, like, a crazy person and just got into everything and climbed on everything and just was, like, a daredevil full of endless energy. And she is definitely taking after him. Um, And I look at my sister's son, who's a month older than her, and it just, like, is content to just chill. He's not really walking yet. He will be fine to just play on the ground in one spot. Like, it's just so different. Um... But anyway, I don't even know where I went with that. Oh, yeah, okay. Just, I, I, even on those days, even in those moments when it's, like, just so overwhelming, um, it's still the greatest thing that has ever happened to me that I could imagine doing with my life. So, I wrote this little piece, and, um, I don't know, about, yeah, just about what we dream about for our daughters, and, and I hope that you guys enjoy it, and, um, take it for what I meant it as. And, um, yeah, I wish that my mom could have commented on this. Maybe she will on a future episode, but just real quick, I will say that she, um, actually, you know what, I'll add that in at the end because I don't want to give away what I talk about in the middle. So, happy listening. I don't know about you guys, but I am downright obsessed with the new live-action Aladdin movie. From Will Smith's legendary and hilarious performance as Genie to the unknown hotties who play Aladdin and Jasmine, I am hooked. I love the new songs and the new twists, but most especially the tweak they made to Jasmine's character. Jasmine was always a little bit of a firecracker with her I am not a prize to be won line, but in the movie they elevated her, or in the new movie, the live action movie, they elevate her from feisty princess to badass queen. I'm not even ashamed to say I tear up when she sings her speechless reprise and basically saves Agrabah from Jafar. I mean, she's just so strong and independent, smart and brave. As I watched it with my daughter, and by that I mean it was on in the background of her playing and shouting and not really paying attention, I just wanted her to soak up that scene and absorb all of the feminine fire coming out of the screen. And actually, she did dance along to this part, like this song, which made me cry even more. (sighs) You know pregnancy hormones. (laughs) Anytime I fall in love with a female character from a book or a movie, it makes me think about what I want my daughter's future to look like, what kind of woman I want her to grow into, and what kind of life I hope that she builds for herself. I want her to have big dreams. I want her to achieve great things. But most of all, I want her to be truly content, fulfilled in who she is, knowing that she has fulfilled the purpose God gave her the moment she was born. For me, that purpose was motherhood. Being a stay-at-home mom has brought me more joy, more fulfillment, more peace than any career I could imagine being in right now. But people don't say, I hope my daughter grows up to be a stay-at-home mom. They say things like, maybe you should be a lawyer, a doctor, the first female president, a rocket scientist, etc. And not that she can't be any of those things. I would be outrageously proud if she was. But even for myself, knowing how beautiful the profession of motherhood is, it's like I wouldn't hope for my daughter to be just a mom. But why not? When we think about the women in history, or the woman in history who was the most famous, extremely beloved, and credited with the greatest creation the world has ever seen, we are thinking about Mary, mother of God. God called her to just be a mother. She didn't set records or create new laws or discover a new planet. 
but she did save all of our lives by raising the Son of God. Why can't we see all mothers in this way? If we are all made in the image and likeness of God, and we are, then mothers of the world are raising tiny versions of Christ every day. And the very act of motherhood, of carrying a baby in your belly, in your womb for nine months, sacrificing delicious foods like sushi and drinks like wine and activities like sleeping on your stomach to care for this baby inside of you and then giving all of yourself, literally body and soul to raise this tiny human day in and day out. It's the most selfless profession that exists. It's the closest thing to what Jesus asks us to do when he asks us to love others as he loved others and live by serving and not serving ourselves. Motherhood is beautiful and holy and requires so much strength and bravery. I want Charlie to grow up following her heart and following where God calls her to go. I believe God puts dreams in our hearts for us to pursue and to follow, but sometimes that dream might be to just have a tiny baby look into your eyes knowing that you are their everything. Sometimes that dream might be to stay up late or wake up earlier to squeeze in time to read and write while your babies sleep so that you don't have to give up on one waking second of time with them. Sometimes the dream God places in your heart is motherhood. And there is truly not a more beautiful fulfillment of the word dream than that. Charlie will grow up to be strong, independent, kind, and a loving woman. If she decides to use her magic and power to become a mother, then I know that the kid she brings into this world will be some of the happiest and luckiest to ever walk the earth. My daughter is beautiful and special and unique and fearfully and wonderfully made by her creator. Embracing her feminine genius as a mother won't take away from that. I believe it will only add to her beauty because she will know that she is doing what God called her to do on this earth. And while her children will be her reward here on earth, and that reward is great, her eternal reward in heaven will truly be one to behold. And I, for one, can't wait to witness it. All right, so real quick, I just wanted to add what my mom and I were able to talk about, not obviously recorded on the podcast, but while I followed her around the kitchen as she prepped the meal. Um, she said, because my mom went to nursing school and she worked as a nurse for two years, I think, before they got pregnant with my sister. Um, And my mom said that she tried to go back to work when Brie was six weeks old and she said she lasted two days and couldn't do it. Like, and my dad was in medical school at this point, so it's not like they had, they had no money. They weren't making it. I mean, they were mostly, my mom was making most of the money at that point because my dad was still in medical school. Um, and then, and, but she couldn't do it. She couldn't be away from Brie and she was miserable. And so she, she quit her job and she went to go stay at home, um, which is what she did for the next 20 something years, um, until she didn't start working again in any kind of capacity until Jace, my little brother was six and I was, or maybe we were four and six or something like that, um, or eight and six. So basically when we started school. Um, she went back to work for the first time in like over 20 years and she had, she loved being a nurse. She was a pediatric nurse and she loved her work. She obviously had to work really hard to be in nursing school, um, and, and have like a career, but it just didn't matter to her. Um, at the end of the day, she just wanted to stay with her daughter. Um, 
but my parents never said anything because I was trying to look back like they never encouraged us one way or the other to like be moms you know I mean my parents all wanted us to go to college they wanted all my sisters there's five girls my dad paid for all of us to go to college um and that was like an expectation that we would all graduate with a degree and go to college and we all had you know our different dreams of what we wanted to do as a career or just you know our our majors and my parents encouraged that like so much they encouraged us to pursue our like schooling and our career and for me as a writer my like I don't think there's anybody that was is was has been more of a champion than my dad like he is like my biggest cheerleader when it comes to my writing and so I asked my mom about that because so they paid for five colleges um well they paid for all all of us to go to college but the five girls to go to college um and one of my sisters is a nurse and she still works two days a week um as a nurse and with her children um but otherwise everyone everyone maybe used their degree for a little while but when they had kids, every one of my sisters decided to stay at home with their children. And I always wondered if they were frustrated by that or if that made them angry that it felt like a waste of money to give us these degrees and have us go to college only to be, quote unquote, just moms. And my mom said, no, we know, we knew, we wanted you guys to get your degrees. We wanted you to go to college. Um, but we hoped or knew that you would eventually become moms and be stay-at-home moms and and we but we wanted you to like be independent and have your have your um education and because that's that was really important to them even knowing or hoping that we would be able to be stay-at-home moms but they didn't want to encourage us to just like go look for a husband to and and to be cared for by a husband even if that's what ended up happening that wasn't like they didn't want us to have that in mind they wanted us to go and pursue a career on our own and educate like you know get an education and then um they are so happy that all of us are stay-at-home moms um my mom said that she couldn't think of a more fulfilling job and her mom was a stay-at-home mom And she had eight kids by the time she was 27. It's my grandma. And she she never encouraged any of the girls to go get educated or, like, go to college. I mean, they couldn't afford to send them to college, of course. But um, she just said that she loved being a mom so much. Like, why would she encourage them to do anything different? And I think my parents had the same idea, except for that they wanted us to be educated and have, have... be able, you know, have the ability to care for ourselves and do everything for ourselves. Um, anyway, first, like we would be able to be independent first. And then, you know, when we found our husband or if we found our husband and we settled down with our family, like it wouldn't be because out of necessity. Um, cause I think that's kind of what my grandma felt a little bit. She got married when she was 16. And so, um, and had her first baby at 17 so it was like almost out of necessity for her that she had to depend fully on my grandpa. But anyway, I just thought it was so beautiful and cool the way that my parents looked at look looked at their five girls and what they wanted for them and that they never pushed us towards that, um, towards being stay-at-home moms, but that they just, I mean, my mom made it so beautiful to be a stay-at-home mom and um, 
I think all of us on some level wanted that. Um, but I, I know for me, which I've talked about before, I really didn't, I didn't think that that's what I wanted to do. I didn't think I would want to be just as, I don't, I don't even like saying just a stay at home mom, be a stay at home. It is like, it is, it is a hard job. It's hard. There's no breaks. There's no bonus. There's no nothing. Um, but I didn't think that I wanted to be a stay at home mom. I thought that I, that I, I was afraid that it wouldn't be enough for me. Even when I was pregnant, I just didn't, I didn't know how I would feel. And I think that's really the best way to go about it is you don't exactly know how it's going to make you feel, but there was just no question in my mind when she was born that I wouldn't want to go back to work ever. No matter what kind of job I could find, I just would want to be able to be there for her at home with her all the time. So that's why I wanted to write this or record this podcast, write this piece and record it and, um, to tell you guys what my parents' thought process was and what my mom said about it all, because I think that was pretty cool. So thank you guys so much for listening, and I will see you next week.